Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. 43 Suns. Donovan, hard right hand drive, pulls back on Tory Craig and hits. Can you say you're back in the bubble, Tory Craig, and I'm torching you again? Donovan, drive into eight, double team, curls back out with the left hand. He's free throw line extended. He swings back to the baseline. Spida spins in the lane, puts it off the window, and scores it. That's remarkable. 38 for Don Booker in the right elbow. Guarded by Don, holding the right pivot foot again. He puts his shoulder into him, bumps into him twice, ball fakes, throws it back out up top to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's left for three, hit it. Jazz got confused with who's guarding it. We know what we can be. You know, we know we, we have work to do as well, but, you know, there's definitely instances where it's like we look at, we didn't really shoot the three ball all that well, you know, and I think for us, just finding ways to continue to improve, play through physicality, find ways to continue to, to play when we kind of woke up and shot side before, if we can continue that same energy in the first quarter, uh, first half, um, just being able to play play through that and understand that you know, they're going to be nights like this. We haven't shot the ball well the past two nights, you know, and, you know, two totally different games in my opinion. You look at tonight, with we were right there, you know, um, a few rebounds away. Um, and then last game, you know, we were right down by 20 at one point. You know, we responded the right way, but we had to do it throughout the, the course of the game, in my opinion. Gordon, the Jazz lose in Phoenix, 117 to 113 in overtime. And the good news is they're back at it tonight against a very tough Portland team here at this building at 8 o'clock. But let's talk about last night's game. Um, you uh, lead us off, Gordon. Where do you want to begin? Well, you heard uh, there uh, it, the three point shooting was a real sore spot for the Jazz. They just could not get uh, much touch from that distance. And that really hurts the Jazz when that happens. I wrote a column about it. It's at sltrib.com if you want to check it out and either agree with me or disagree with me on it. But when the Jazz shoot 11 of 44, they're not going to win. They're just they're not going to win. It's too important to them to be efficient from beyond the arc, and they weren't able to be consistent there, and it really cost them. And when you heard Quinn Snyder after the game, he talked not only about that, but he talked about whatever, all the things that lead up to the correct spacing to get those those good shots that they're hoping for. And uh, he was, he was uh, kind of disappointed with the Jazz's level of aggression coming out of the gate. And, Jake, you and I talked about that yesterday during the show. We thought that they'd be fired up enough to really be aggressive right from, right from the opening tip. And it didn't work out that way. And that was really, really kind of strange to me that that's, that was a reality. The, old, the other thing, and then, then you have at it, Jake, the other thing that really struck me was the disparity in rebounding, 61 to 45. And those offensive boards that the Suns were getting, I think they had, what they had, like 17, 16 or something, 16 offensive boards to the Jazz's seven. That really hurt them. That hurt the Jazz in a big way. So those are the areas that I circled as being most uh, contributing to uh, the Jazz's defeat. What do you think? I think you've diagnosed it pretty well. I mean, even if they have an average ninth shooting from the three, they win that game. Um, the the rebounding, I, I think, is certainly a concern because they looked small for one of the, the few times this year where they've kind of looked their size. If, does yeah. that make sense, Gordon? Uh-huh. What I'm what I'm getting at there that they're outside of Rudy and Favors, they're really a small team, 
and they looked small because because Rudy would help on defense, cause a missed shot, and then there was just nothing there to contest those rebounds, and that was a that was a big problem. They've got to get that back dialed in, and I don't know if it's crashed the boards with more bodies or what the solution is, but uh, but that certainly was an issue. Um, Last night, I I totally uh, agree with you. I thought Donovan uh, played just a gutsy, gutsy game. And when he saw that uh, the others kind of didn't have it, um, he uh, he kind of took over. Except for here, here's the part that concerned me, Gordon, is I think a few players on this team are are having a crisis of confidence, and not not a cold streak because I I honestly and we've talked about this enough to know that. Cold, hot, it fluctuates. Most of the time, you you return to your average, right? A crisis of confidence is something different, and uh, I'm a little worried about Royce O'Neal in particular, uh, but Bogdanovich a little bit too. Although I thought Bogdanovich found a way to play through it by going to the hoop yeah. and making his layups, and and absolutely contributed to that game. But there was one possession in the in the last two minutes of the game, Gordon where Royce O'Neal had a wide-open corner three. I mean, the the offense worked uh, exactly how the offense should work. It ended up with Royce O'Neal in a, in the corner, which is his spot. You know, we talk all the time about getting spots, getting to his spots. The corner is Royce O'Neal's spot, and I know he's been cold. I know he's missed a bunch of shots, but he passed it up, Gordon, and he passed it to Bogdanovich, who ended up taking a dribble and taking the shot and missing it. And I know Bogdanovich caught a lot of the heat. But honestly, and Locke mentioned this on the broadcast, that I don't know if Bogdanovich was ready for it. Like, Royce was so open, the fact that Royce passed on that three, I think, startled Bogdanovich a little bit. And then he hesitated, which everybody saw, and and took and missed the shot. And maybe Bogdanovich is having that crisis of confidence, too. But Royce, earlier in the year, won a game for him by taking that corner three and had yeah. the confidence to go ahead and do it. And they they need players out there who are willing to take and make or miss those shots. I want to because concentrate more on the taking than the making because Donovan can't beat good teams all by himself, and there was an opportunity for somebody else to contribute. And not they didn't – Royce didn't try and fail, which is something that happens in sports and that we see every single night in the NBA, but passed it up. And that was that was a real critical point in the game, and they needed that, and he didn't have the confidence to take it. That yeah. that that concerns me. Couldn't agree with you more uh, in that regard. Sometimes, in, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, it's better to take the shot and miss it than it is to pass it up. You know, I mean, you just can't do that, especially with an offense like the Jazz's that's built to create those kinds of shots. Yeah. And something tells me Royce O'Neal is going to be seeing all kinds of openings to shoot from because teams are questioning whether uh, whether he can do that. And he's questioning himself. Let me give you some stats on, on the importance of the Jazz uh, making those three-point, or at least living up to the standard they've set for themselves on those three-point percentages. In the 13 losses the Jazz have had. Let me read off the percentage. First of all, before I do that, the Jazz, before these last two games, they were shooting nigh on to 40% from three. Okay? So that's what they had set for themselves so so far this season. In their 13 losses, they've shot from three 29 32.4, 31.8, this is an anomaly here, 
and 25.0. So in only three of those games did they shoot up to their average. All the others, they shot mostly well beneath it. And that kills them. They, we talked about it earlier in the year. Remember, Jake, when when we were waiting for the Jazz's defense to come around so it could save them on the nights when they weren't shooting the ball well? Well, I, I'm i just not sure that the de- as good as the defense has been, it's not dominant enough to, uh, depend- to dependably overcome uh, this kind of diminished accuracy from three. It's too important for the Jazz. It's absolutely incorporated in what they do. And when they don't shoot it well, or as Quinn said last night, if they don't do the things necessary to create the correct spacing so that they get comfortable looks from three-point range, they're likely to lose. That's just the way it is. I, I'm not disagreeing here, but I'm adding two. You know, that's true. And they, the defense pert near won them the game against the second-best team in the league. Right, but I didn't. Okay, but it... <laughs> it darn near did, and Phoenix gave all it had. I oh, mean, I don't know. Phoenix didn't shoot the ball all that great from three either. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Booker had 35 points, and everybody goes, whoa, 35 for Booker. It took him 31 shots to get there. <laughs> he went 13 yeah. of 31. It took him 31 shots, and Chris Paul tore them apart. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if Chris Paul can have very many better games than that. He certainly can't have many more games where he – he uh, plays 43 minutes, which was just amazing. And that tells you what Phoenix thought about this game because they, they played their dudes. Chris Paul is averaging about, oh, I have to go back and look, but it's like 31 and change minutes a game. And he, d- he did not do his rotation in the fourth quarter. So Phoenix was giving it everything that they had. And Chris Paul was really, really good. And the Jazz defense still nearly won it. So I'm not disagreeing with you on the threes. Don't get me wrong. But the defense matters, and it makes a big difference. And they nearly beat Phoenix in Phoenix with that that defensive edge against a team, by the way, that doesn't play into their defensive strengths because they don't go to the basket at all. And so it it limits Rudy's impact too. So, Aiton had a pretty nice game. Yeah, all on like offensive rebounds though. When Rudy was out of the picture. That was that was the hard part about uh, all those offensive rebounds is it was because Rudy was off doing Rudy things and they couldn't help him out. Well, if the Jazz can shoot the ball the way they did against the Magic, 26 of 55, they're going to be very successful. If they shoot it the way they have in their last two games, let's see, a combined, what was it, uh, 23 of 88? They're not going to win games, Jake. They're not going to win games. Well, nobody and shoots that, that, it as well that, as they did in the Magic game, Gordon. I mean, uh, okay. So my, my point is that it's so important for them to do it in a playoff setting when, you know, clever coaches are going to be able to dial in and, and, and I think uh, sort of disrupt jazz shooting from the perimeter, and as you pointed out yesterday, okay, well, that might give Rudy some opportunities down low, but that's not enough, I, I think, for for the Jazz to win. Uh, so they're going to have to figure this out so that they can get the spacing that Quinn wants, so that they can get the comfortable shots he wants, 
and they can gain that confidence that you were saying has sort of eroded away a little bit. Yeah, I just think it's so much more nuanced than they make their threes or don't make their threes. Well, I mean, every nothing is absolute, but certainly, and I, I thought, mean, the, and I think the, 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 the statistics, the statistics I just gave you are fairly convincing. You know, if they if they shoot their normal percentage from three, they win, and if they don't, they lose. How many teams in the NBA is that not true for? Well, it's especially true for the Jazz because they put up more attempts than any other team. Yeah, they've they've it's built around the percentages of making their threes. It's, yeah, it's I, more I important to you. the Jazz than it is for most teams. Maybe I mean, <laughs> if you make your shots, that's that's what I hate about the make but or miss league it. argument. That's not what I'm saying. If you make Jay, your shots, you, you, you know win. what if I'm saying. The Jazz stress creating three point shots for mm-hmm. their team. And so they, so they lead their number one in the league in, in attempts from three, 43 a game, more than anybody else. They were, they did have the leading percentage of hitting threes, but lately they've dropped down to fourth now. So, and, well, how about why? Is there some common thread between those games that they're missing the threes, or did they just leave it in the locker room? Well, according to Quinn, they weren't spacing the floor properly. That's what he said after the game last night. You think that's been the same in all these games that they're I, – I don't know. I'm asking. Do you think it's the same in these games where they're shooting in the 30s? I mean, listen, any team that shoots in the 20s from three is going to have a tough time winning games unless they're completely built around an inside-out philosophy like back in 98 or something. So, But in those 30s when they've struggled – is it is that it? Is it spacing? Do you think is there is there a, a type of defense? I mean, it's got to yeah. be more nuanced than they just left it in the locker room. That's my not, point. Yeah, yeah, and I would agree with that. I, I I do think there's more to it than that. It's not just oh wow we were cold tonight. Oh wow we were really hot tonight. There there are things involved in it, and I just took note of what Quinn said last night that the spacing was proper. The only way for us to really know that would be to go back and rewatch each of those losses and see what was going on. But I have a suspicion that it's not just whether you're hot or not. Uh, there's, there's a whole process that leads up to it. And, you know, the other guys have something to do with it, too. Some teams are a little better at defending the three than others. Which Phoenix is very good. And, and on defense, Phoenix is very good, and they deserve credit there where credit's due. They've got like a bunch of long, rangy players that, that close out like crazy. I mean, that's got to be, if not the best closeout team in the league, it's got to be pretty close. I mean, there were times last night when the Jazz offense really worked and, and the ball popped around and the dude was just covered because Phoenix really played it well, and they played that pressure-style defense, which helped the Jazz get off to such a slow start because the referees just decided, speaking of leaving it in the locker room, the referees were going to let them play. They were going to leave that whistle on the sideline, and I think it took the Jazz a minute to get adjusted to that. But when they did, and the bench unit came on, they led after the first quarter. So, I mean... You said something earlier, Jake, that I think is really important and, and impressive. If we're going to look at a positive from this game, Donovan Mitchell's one tough mother now. You know? I mean, his plus minus was he minus 11. But the 41 points on 16 to 35 shooting, he was not hitting his outside shot. He found other ways to contribute. And he he missed that big shot. He missed a couple of really big shots. And, you know, I mean, but, I mean, he was doing everything he could to lift his team up when it needed him. And he just did not get enough help. 
All right, we'll have much more jazz conversation as the show goes along, so stay tuned. We'll also talk about the Masters. I believe, who's on with us today? BT? Bob's on with us today. Uh, Right now, let's see, three-way tie for the lead with uh, Justin Rose, Matsumura, and Harmon. What's Harmon's first name? I don't know. It's Matsuyama, though. What did I say? Matsumura. (laughs) Matsuyama. Excuse me. Thank you, Austin. But I don't know who Harin is. So all right. So earlier, earlier in the day when I checked the leaderboard, man, there were a whole lot of players who are not from the U.S. of A. Uh, doing pretty well. I don't know whether that's flipped. I got to check it. But uh, I don't know. It, for all the U- U.S.A. fans out there, you know, it was it was looking rather bleak early on. Well, Damian is in town. Uh, Damian Lillard. And uh, the Trailblazers practiced yesterday, <laughs> Gordon. Uh, and I know this because as I would try to get into the building, uh, I was about, you know, tackled and tased and all that and then told that that was not my entrance for the day, which was pleasant. Wait, was you had to reroute through a different way? Oh, man, Gordon, you haven't been in the building for a while, have you? No. Uh-uh. Uh, we have three different entrances that we're allowed to take at different times, depending on what time it is and what is going on. Ah. Uh. I see. Wait till you get your tattooed barcode. But but here's the thing. They are very serious about, well, I'll put it this way. They are more serious about what entrance you take uh, depending on what's going on in the building. And if an MVA team is even within the same county as the premises, then they're very serious about security, which rightfully so. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, complaining a little bit. That's okay. I had to walk around the building. It's fine. I was holding like 30 pounds of food. Anyway, point being, I'm very well aware that the Trailblazers practiced yesterday and were able to be in town. Uh, I kind of wonder if Damian Lillard went up to Ogden. He usually does when he has an extra day, but you never – well, he probably couldn't, right, because of protocols and all the restrictions that they're currently currently under. So uh, maybe – he usually finds a way to contribute. I'm sure he did. did. It's one of – it's pretty cool that our community's tied to Damian Lillard, and he seems to appreciate that as well, which is awesome. But he and his team are coming in, uh, Gordon, and, and Portland made a big trade at the deadline, acquiring Norman Powell, who I thought was really the perfect acquisition for them and uh, was going to make their team a lot better, and uh, I think it did. And Damian Lillard now has C.J. McCollum back, of course, who uh, had some injury issues earlier in the year. They trade for Powell. Nurkic, I know, is questionable for tonight's game, but he's uh, back and healthy or healthy-ish. And I'll tell you what, when they have their pieces, Portland is really good. And Lillard, to his credit, kept the ship afloat until they could really figure out how to put together a complete roster, and I think they have. This is going to be a, a brutal game for the Jazz tonight. It's going to be tough. Yeah, coming back off the off the road loss last night, uh, but uh, but this team, your uh, emphasis on defense, Jake, is really applicable for this game tonight. Well, yeah, and, and for that, all the reasons you just said, and that I Portland mean, the, doesn't play any of it, so that's nice. <laughs> but those Jazz perimeter defenders are going to really have to do their jobs, and uh, we'll we'll see how. How much energy they have in in that respect because this is a team that can absolutely light you up and now with the addition of powell i mean he's another very good what's he averaging 20 points a game something like that yeah so yeah they're surrounded by good scores all right just some updates on the roster front mike conley is not listed on the injury report so he might play tonight 
Uh, usually he's been sitting out um, either the front or back end of back-to-backs. But Jordan Clarkson, due to a right ankle sprain, is doubtful tonight against the Blazers. Blazers. So maybe Conley uh, decides to forego a night of rest if Clarkson Clarkson's unable to go. Yeah, that Western Conference uh, race is tightening up. So Jazz need every victory they can get. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.